I'd love to talk a bit today about pilgrimage. Part of our walk of faith is just that. It's, it's a journey. We are pilgrims on a journey to deepen our encounter with the living and loving God. So remember this. Who are you? You are a child of God. Why are you here? To love and serve God. How do you love and serve God? You follow Jesus. And what does following Jesus look like? Sharing your gifts. And if you want to hear more about this, listen to my Epiphany sermon from January 8th, 2023. You can find it on YouTube or on the church website. But when we look at this framework, there's movement there. Do you see it? Faith is never, ever fixed. Like, the spirit that guides you, it it flows, it moves, it never stays where it was, and that can be both a comfort and also a bit disorienting. Because sometimes the things that worked for you in your walk of life didn't work, start not to work the same as they used to. And I thought about this recently with someone who stopped coming to church, and they shared how it used to be that church had a, a certain kind of spirit and energy for them, and then in the season when the church was shut down during the pandemic, it, it just sort of lulled, and then when we reopened, it didn't really restart at that same energy quite yet, and that actually was like viscerally painful to this person, and it was disappointing and disorienting, and I think that this person was surprised when I shared that I had had that experience too. It was beautiful. Worship was beautiful in its own way, this way that God's people were just doing our best, picking up these pieces from the rubble of a pandemic that tore the city apart. And we haven't even begun to grasp the murderous effect of the past few years. We're still a people in shock and trauma. So yes, of course, church was affected by that. It felt different. And there were days when I would come to church to lead worship and I would look out in the sanctuary and see almost no one, maybe one or two people in the room and then Bible study, we'd have another one or two and then a little, a few more would sort of trickle in. And because ego is ego, I, I internalized this to be my failure, my fault, as if people come here really to see me. But anyway, so to try to write this, I just worked harder. I put more and more into what was already my extensive preparation for worship. And I make this maybe look easy, but it's not. I think, I think quite a bit. I research, I memorize, I write, I prepare, I rehearse every single time I step before you to preach. So when the person mentioned, I mentioned, uh, and I sat down to talk, we were simpatico, and that actually surprised them. And I've mentioned him before, but when I was in that season of entirely beating myself up over our abysmal in-person worship attendance, I actually went to the teachings of St. John of the Cross or San Juan de la Cruz, who coined the phrase that many use, but few use correctly, the dark night of the soul. And San Juan de la Cruz's basic formulation is that this dark night of the soul is an awful experience in which God changes so much that we don't recognize God anymore. 
And San Juan teaches that this is actually a good thing because as we evolve, as we grow, so does our faith. And it's not always pretty, but it's important. And in this way, God reveals God's self in the dark. Now, a shift in faith faith is not necessarily a dark night of the soul, but it can be. It isn't necessarily. But the point I'm making here is that that shift is an epiphany, a moment when God opens up to us in a new way. But you got to move to see it. Does that make sense? And back to our worship life here, to see God up to something, I personally had to shift and look to see what God might be up to. I had to ask, well, was God worshipped and adored? And the answer would be yes. And was the Holy Spirit present? And the answer was yes. Was I giving thanks for the people who actually did take the time to journey all the way here in the heat or the cold or the broken subways that never work well on a Sunday anyway? Well, yes. Was I acknowledging the incredible online showing for our broadcast I needed to? Was I recognizing our incredible music ministry that despite all the challenges of the time, with a shrinking budget and triple pandemic that passed through breath, and all of that offering something truly divine week after week, Was I acknowledging our amazing tech team that continues to pivot with Lord knows what to bring you at home or wherever you may be this worship experience? Worship wasn't what it was, what it had been, and it wasn't necessarily what it might be, but you know what? God was there. I just needed a shift to see it. But we get ourselves in trouble when we expect God to show up in the same way all of the time. And San Juan is emphatic about this. He describes that thinking that way is kind of like a young faith, immature. And I fall victim to that immaturity all the time. But a faith that moves and deepens is a pilgrimage. We come to church to join each other in that journey to look to the right or the left and see another pilgrim in our midst. Every pilgrim has a gift to share. Every pilgrim is a treasure. And in this gorgeous and incredibly important passage, the prophet Isaiah is talking about that very phenomenon, a pilgrim's transformation. The pilgrim seeks a mountaintop experience. Many people shall come and say, let us go and ascend to the mountain of the Holy One of Sinai, to the home of the God of Jacob, of the line of Rebekah, that God may teach us God's ways and that we may walk in God's paths. We want the mountaintop experience because we want to feel that holiness. We want to encounter God reliably in a way that's guaranteed. Now, I've been to the Holy Land once, and this was in 2006 during Christmas tide, and I very much considered that a pilgrimage. And I'm not even kidding when I say that the moment that that El Al flight touched down at Ben Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv, 
I expected to feel something different, something spiritually significant, like there'd be a burning bush to my right, and I'd be inspired to tear off my shoes because I was standing on holy ground, and that was not my experience. Nor was it with any of the actual holy sites that we visited. And this was spiritually crushing to me. God just wasn't showing up in the ways that I had expected or I wanted. Plus, it was tense over there, as it can be there. And I had expected, like, this spiritual awakening in this way, a a mountaintop experience and a set of feelings to accompany that. And San Juan would have said to me if we had had a conversation, well, Kaji, that was you with your baby faith. Baby faith tries to tell God what to do when and how to show up. But the prophet wants to guide us differently. And the point of the passage isn't that we need to climb a specific mountain to encounter God. In fact, quite the opposite. So let me break this down to you. Horeb, the mountain that is cited here, is the place where Moses received his revelation. Think Ten Commandments, right? So in some ways, you can imagine that some folks will feel like, hmm, well, I too need to go to Horeb to pay homage, and because God does big things there, God's going to do something big for me there. But the truth is that, yes, God did do a big thing there, but that doesn't mean that God needs to continue doing that from there specifically. And expecting that is a baby faith move. Thankfully, God's got us covered. And... This takes us to our church geek moment of the day. In Dr. Gaffney's commentary for our text this week, her comments are pretty stark, and she points out that the word used for teach in this passage shares the same root as Torah, which is often translated to mean law. But her point is that Torah really means teach more than law per se. Now, this is a bit cryptic, so I'm going to unpack it for you a bit. So here's a little bit of Hebrew study. From the text, let us go and ascend the mountain of the Holy One of Sinai to the home of the God of Jacob of the line of Rebekah, that God may teach us God's ways, this is the word in question, teach, and that we may walk in God's path. Okay, so the word here, teach, is yara. Yara means to cast out from your hands, like to throw, like uh, to throw some dice. And yara is often translated to teach, and that's what Dr. Gaffney is talking about. But now, just work with me. The teaching is cast out. It goes out. It's not held within in one space, which means, you catching this, that the teaching can come from Horeb or wherever God chooses for it to come from without you having to necessarily to go there specifically. So the lessons come as God decides to teach them to cast out for us, and that's what we mean by law then. It's a framework that allows us to structure our lives around the teachings that God sends us. And this is my basic thesis. Your pilgrimage is to receive the teaching as God sent it. And it's, this is the tough part, it's not according to your will, to your will or mine, it's according to God's. Thy will be done. 
And while that can be really hard to accept and getting there is a pilgrimage of its own, once we get there in our journey and our faith deepens and matures, we're actually free. And this is where God can reveal the mysteries of our faith, the joys of living in communion with God, the amazing experience of peace, the incredible transition from holding up swords for our protection to grasping plowshares for our cultivation. And God doesn't need our swords. Jesus taught as much too. When someone tried to guard him with the sword, he said, I don't need that. I'm a different kind of power. Put down your sword. But God does literally hand us a plowshare, a gardening tool. And we are meant to cultivate, to till the soil, to work side by side with the pilgrims around us so that wherever we go, there is something rich and nourishing and beautiful to take in. Your pilgrimage allows you to co-create with God, and when we do, we are satisfied. We're made full. We're pilgrims on the journey. Beloved in Christ, your pilgrimage doesn't require a plane ticket to Horeb. It requires a willingness to be led to a place of deeper spiritual maturity. Are you up for that journey? Are you ready? Amen.